Everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Luck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Luck, and I am shocked to be coming to you from Atlanta Motor Speedway with my friend Chris Knight. Hello, Chris. Hi, Jeff. I did not think that this was going to be the case. I thought, I woke up this morning thinking, no way this happens, no way this race is happening. I had already told myself, uh, I'm going back to Portland without seeing a race, and I was trying to be okay with it, although I wasn't really because I was pretty bummed to come all the way out here and not actually see a race. Yeah. But, um, man, they got – not only did they get some racing in, they got the entire race in. Like, yeah. are you shocked? I am shocked, but, uh, you know, that's why you don't throw the, the towel in until it's over, right? You know, it Weather can be unpredictable, just like we saw uh, in NASCAR racing today and this weekend in Atlanta Motor Speedway, as, as a matter of fact. So uh, I'm glad that we got all 325 miles in. Uh, I would hate to see us come back tomorrow uh, and help and hinder the teams as they make their prepare for their trip out to Las Vegas or even come back during Easter weekend, which was uh, the first off weekend scheduled of the year. I know, and I heard people people were in the garage this morning yeah. like, oh, my gosh, you hear about this Easter thing? Like People were worried yeah. that they were going to say, hey, come back Saturday of Easter because you know, they would have had to – this race didn't get in and maybe didn't get in Monday, they would have had to make a really tough decision on on whether they, because they, the trucks would have to go to Vegas and right. they'd have to go back to Charlotte first, pick up new. So that would have been a huge problem. I'm just glad that nobody has to worry about that now. The race is in. So let's talk about this race. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, that was a total ass kicking, huh? Oh, whooping. Ass, ass whooping. whooping. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it doesn't get any, you both. I mean, did we did we expect anything less? I mean, I said earlier today on Twitter, you know, that Kevin Harvick was my favorite to win the race, and and he's come so close yet been so far five times, what five times in a row here or, or something like that. He's just been incredibly dominant, had the fastest car on the track, and then something crazy would happen last year. You know, he got busted for speeding on pit road there at the end of the race and handed the race off to Keselowski. The year before, Jimmy Johnson short pitted, and that backfired on Harvick, and Jimmy Johnson went on to score the win. And so you were just waiting for that moment to see if something was going to transpire, but at the end of the day, Harvick was going to have none of it, and that number four was freaky fast, and that ended up in victory lane. And he was so relieved on the radio afterwards. He's like, I mean, it was like a sigh of relief that they nothing happened. I think they yeah. were expecting, like you said, because I think like five out of the last six years or something here, uh, he had led at least 100 laps, um, four straight like races. 500 or so laps led over. Yeah, with know, no so, wins. No, and this is the first place, you know, this is before tonight's win. He hadn't won here, Jeff, since 2001. Yeah, I and didn't realize just, that until tonight. That is great. You know, he's done everything you can in, in Xfinity, and I think he even has some truck starts here, but 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 for it's just like it's almost like haunted him in a way you know right. and i think at the end of the race when harvick you know took the checkered flag and he thanked his guys for building an awesome car you know that the emotion took in and he and you don't see kevin harvick get emotional sometimes but he got emotional and i think um because this win meant so much to him i i would not be so you know this was his 15th win at stewart haas racing and i would not be surprised if this one wasn't at the top interesting interesting well um you know, I thought there was a. One, <laughs> I thought at one point he was going to lap the entire field. If it stayed green, I think there was when that caution came out, that last caution uh, where Trevor Bain blew up. Um, 
I th- was that the last caution? Yeah, it maybe. Was. I'm, yeah, okay. It was. So the last caution comes out. Um, I think there was four cars left on the lead lap. Yeah. So let's just say it had played out. How many cars left at the end of the race on the lead lap do you think there would have been? Two, three. Tops. Two or three? I mean, I, I think when you look at the end of the day, I think the only other two that I think I would, could, could have seen on the lead lap would have been maybe Denny Hamlin and Keselowski, and that's obviously because they were on a different game. And look, credit to, to the 11 team and the two team because they had to mix it up in order to find themselves in a the contention. They were trying to do everything they could to steal the show from Kevin Harvick, but um, I think I looked over at you when Kevin Harvick come blazing by Hamlin, what, two laps after he pitted? And we all yeah. thought that this was going to, you know, maybe something with 10 to go or five to go even, and it was two laps. Like, well, see you later. The race is history at that point. Yeah, that didn't work out uh, quite like they thought. I mean, it was okay. Denny Hamlin finished fourth. Joey Logano, who was on that strategy, finished sixth. And then Chase Elliott, who hopped on that strategy late, ended up getting a top 10 where he had had uh, he was going to have a much worse day than that had they not done that strategy. Look, I mean, I think at the end of the day, even though it was a 10th place finish, uh, if, if Chase Elliott and the Hendrick organization is happy with the 10th place finish, I go back to the drawing board because those Hendrick cars, they were suffering in, in a mean way today. And, and that's, Jeff, very surprising for me. Um, I don't know. All the Chevys. Yeah, all the Chevys. I mean, Ryan Newman was good early in the race. And, you know, when he took the lead at lap one, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, holy crap. You know, because, you know, we're not used to seeing that 31 out there in front. But, you know, RCR came out swinging with the bat. And at the end of the day, I think Larson had the top finishing Chevrolet. And then Elliott and I think uh, Austin Dillon was mixed in there inside the top 15. But, you know, obviously <laughs> we get to Las Vegas and the West Coast swing and we'll see whether or not those uh, Camaro ZL1s really have some work to do. But they weren't as strong as I was expecting them today. And as far as Hendrick, Hendrick goes, uh, I left, I'm leaving my head scratching. Well, I, I agree with you, um, especially based on the test at Las Vegas. Um, I thought that they were going to be a lot stronger, all the, all the Chevys in, in general. Um, the fact that Hendrick was pretty much out to lunch the whole day, Jimmy Johnson, even before he spun, was um, not – he was he was lapped when that happened. I mean, he got lapped twice. Uh, he got his lap back one time. I mean – he he wasn't a factor. Chase Elliott was running in the twenties for a while. William Byron ended up salvaging a eighteenth place finish, but I thought he I, for, I forgot he was in the race. Yeah, no, at he some was point, wait, dude, he was running that first stint. Thirty four, thirty fifth to Benedetto. Yeah, thirty four, thirty fifth. I was like, um, I forgot he was even in the race at some point. It was it was bad, and Bowman um, took off early, and yeah. then he fell way back because he abused his tires, I guess. So. Very surprising for the Hendrick cars. Another big surprise was on on the other side of that. It was just how good the Fords were in yeah. general. I mean, every oh my gosh, you know <laughs> the, the Fords. This is the whole preseason storyline. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be so far Homestead. behind. Yeah, yeah. every yeah. like oh, this is such a big disparity. Chevrolet's getting this new body. Oh my gosh, uh, the Toyota's already good. Chevrolet's are going to be even better. Ford, they don't have anything coming. They need help. They need NASCAR's got to give them something. I and think they, they have a, one, two, three. I think they have an unfair advantage. <laughs> That's what Denny Hamlin said. Yeah, I'm just great. paraphrasing that, that one. Great. Yeah, I, look, it's obvious to me that Ford has went back during the off season and did their homework, and they realized that they, in order to be a threat this season, they had to come to play, and we expect them to be strong at their speedway place, speedway races. Doug Yates and his whole empire at Roush Yates Engines, they built fantastic plate motors. Um, but they really showed up this weekend. And not only was it Stuart Haas, but it was it was Team Penske as well. You know, I don't think Laney was as strong as we were hoping he was going to be. But Joey Logano, you know, Jeff, this was – I liked what I saw at Logano today. Even though he wasn't up there mixing it up with the win, this is the most competitive I've seen him probably since Richmond of last year. And so I was really – 
happy to see that. And even Paul Menard, I thought, was having a decent day for Wood Brothers until he had a tire go down late and had to pit. And I think he, he his finish suffered. But um, the Fords might have something going here, and they, and they might be the sleeper going into the West Coast swing. Yeah, and, and Eric Almirola, um, he ends up finishing 13th, which was the low end of where he was running for most of the day. All the Stewart Haas cars were great. Uh, Kurt Busch was leading for a while. Clint Boyer um, gets a third-place finish. Um, I mean, it was just very impressive. I was super uh, impressed just, just, I mean, looking at their, their entire performance from start to finish. Now, the drivers afterwards were cautioning me about this because I was trying to jump to conclusions. And even Logano and Clint Boyer were like, look, Vegas and the other mile-and-a-half tracks are way different than this. This is an outlier. The way you uh, abuse your tires here and, and have to conserve your it tires. It is a different animal here. Yeah, yeah. So that, that maybe you can't say... You can't jump to conclusions for the entire season based on this, but clearly they're not lacking in speed. Let's right. say so. Um, we'll we, see how, we do know that. We'll see how uh, uh, Phoenix or uh, Vegas, Phoenix, and, and California goes, and then I think we can reassess. But I was kind of baffled today. I was kind of left scratching my head about the '78 team. I really thought that they were going to be stronger than what they were today. I know they had to start in the back in 35th, and they had the problems with the air guns on pit road, which is something I think. We're going to have to watch and see how it develops over the next couple of weeks. But I was really thinking that, that Truex and Cole Perner would be a lot stronger today, and they just didn't have the magic today. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, you know, obviously the air guns um, seem to be becoming a little bit of a story here. Um, there was at least three problems with them today that we know about. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just – I need to watch this trend a little bit more before jumping to conclusions because, like, okay, at the end of the race – Harvick had one lug nut loose, and I got all these replies on Twitter saying, I'm surprised he didn't have more than that with those crappy guns. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, how how do we know that it was the gun and not the person? It's still a human element. element. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So is it that is it that the guns were really faulty, or is there any chance, and I'm, I don't know, but is there any chance that some tire changer – messed up or whatever and goes, oh, these, this darn gun. You know what I, I mean? I think, I think um, it's going to be a story that we're going to have to watch. I think if we go to Vegas and Phoenix and even in California, if we're still having this issue when we come out of the West Coast swing, then there's something that they have to look into. But at the same time, Jeff, I'm going to throw it back on the team owners and say, well, this is what you guys wanted. And now that you guys want it, this is what we've got. So how are they going to fix it? How are they going to see it evolve? I mean, I think that's a question that happens over time. But I was, you know, we didn't see this happen over the last couple of years with the team's air guns. It's because, and I thought Denny Hamlin brought up a great point because they were investing their own money into it. So if it, if it broke, it was on them. It wasn't. They didn't have anybody else to blame. And now these teams, you know, with the, the air guns breaking and everything else, they want to point the finger at NASCAR. Well, NASCAR just stepped in and played Big Brother, in my opinion, because the, the team owner said they wanted something that was across the board for all the teams, and NASCAR came up with something, and, and obviously the RTA approved it kind of baffled why the driver's council wasn't consulted on it as well you know but they they have a product and there's some problems with the product and we either see if it gets fixed or gets recalled see i i think that this is kind of uh disingenuous on maybe the driver's part because i mean it's the team owners who are spending the money they're the ones that ask nascar hey can you save us from ourselves we're spending, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing, whatever, pouring millions of dollars in these pit crew, uh, pit gun development. The drivers don't really need to be consulted because they're not the ones that are spending the money. They're just driving. Why do they need to be consulted about the pit crew? I guess. Um, so I don't know. I I think I think it'll sort itself out. They'll probably 
get it fixed. The one thing that I was um, kind of surprised about was how little of an impact yet again, uh, just like in Daytona, but this was the, the real first time we saw these, the, the new pit stops with the new coordination, uh, the new choreography down, being down a man. Um, it was like you, you just didn't even really notice again. And I, I really thought that might be more of a factor, but it really, I mean, we talked about the pit guns, yeah. but the actual uh, pit stop itself just seemed smooth. I mean, I, uh, we thought it was going to be an issue going into Daytona, but it just goes to show you that the teams have put a tireless amount of work in, into during the offseason, making sure that they have choreographed these pit stops right and that they're on top of their game. And even though these stops are, are significantly slower than what we're used to, Jeff, it just seems like the rhythm is there and all the teams uh, seem to be on the same page. Whether it's it's across the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, or the Cup Series, I'm shocked that we haven't had more penalties uh, when it comes to the Truck or Xfinity Series. But, um, you know, it's I guess there's going to be a time where we're just going to have to see how, how it goes. I expect, you know, one of the stops running about 14.9 between, I haven't heard anything between 14 and 16 seconds today on pit road. It'll be interesting to see what we can get down to when we get to Homestead at the end of the year. Yeah, no, that, that was very interesting. So um, it looks like Joey Logano is the points leader. How about uh, that? Yeah, so uh, good a good start to him. I think maybe he has like a couple of sixth-place finishes. Yeah. Um, so he's the points leader by six points over Ryan Blaney, who apparently sounds like a dial tone, according Did to Did you DW. understand that? I didn't get that. I mean, <laughs> he goes, he goes. Uh, I really like talking to Ryan Blaney because um, he's he's very calm or something. He's, he's he's just he sounds like a dial tone. Just get him talking about Star Wars. He's not going to be a dial tone. I promise I, you. I that. really don't feel like he is a dial tone. No, I mean, he's yes, a, he's he's a little bit reserved. But. Yeah, but that's cool. I that that's the. That's the calm. That's the calm sign of Ryan Blaney. If you get around him and you get him interested in, and he's excited to talk about something, he'll yeah, go on he likes and on. Up. He'll he likes go, up. Yeah, yeah. And that's, a dial tone you think of is just completely boring. boring. Yeah, right. I mean, just, and that is not Ryan Blaney. I pro- look if if Ryan Blaney was boring and didn't care and was so blah 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 blah. Yeah, he wouldn't be going to talk to fans right. out of the blue during. During his time, you know what I'm saying. He'd just be sitting in the hall or texting or something like that, you know. And yeah, I just completely out of out of out of out of complex in my opinion. I, dude, man, DW says some weird crap. He really does. Like I, I, you know, most of the time we don't hear it like you guys listening do because we're we're listening to scanners during the race. Yeah. So um, you only hear it when like you know the scanner is cycling through. There's nobody talking, and you can kind of hear the TV broadcast in the media center above the scanner noise and but my ears will perk up sometimes and I go what did he just say I, well honest question okay? okay honest question okay when was the last time you seen DW in the garage uh I oh no I I can't recall maybe the last time I saw Brian France in the garage uh, but I'm I'm on a, you know how he doesn't come in the garage. He doesn't he, come in the garage. You see the other analysts. Yeah. Jeff in the garage. In, there. in the garage, mingling. Yeah. Mike Joy, mingling. Larry, you know, Larry Mack. Larry Mack. Come on, man. If you're going to be relevant, you're going to talk about these drivers and their personalities, you need to be there. I'm sorry. I saw Mike Joy and, and Larry Mack and, and all these guys at, at Daytona 500 Media Day, and I saw them at Daytona. If you're going to be a media guy and you're going to know these guys from top to bottom, I want to see you out and about instead of huddled in your motorhome or in the TV booth the whole time. I'm kind of, you know, maybe too much Tabasco. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm just, uh, just you know, and, and the way that he corrects Jeff Gordon I mean, we could do an entire podcast because it's just it's I, awkward. I, well, yes, and it takes. I think it takes away from 
from the sport. Like, um, you know, especially if you're trying to get a new fan to tune in to... It just seems like there's a rivalry up there. Yeah, what, like, you know, Jeff Gordon can't be right about something. Yeah, I just... I, I don't know. Uh, who And who retired before whom, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I, I just, it's, it's just... I, I hope they get that, their, their chemistry, because I just feel like it's a banter sometimes, and it's not fun to listen to, and I just feel like, you know, and I have mad respect for DW, so it's not like I don't appreciate what he's done for the sport, but I think in order to be relevant, you have to be seen. And I can't tell you, Jeff, the last time I've seen DW either A, in the media center, B, walking around the garage, or C, at a function where there's drivers around. Yeah. Well, um, you you seem a little bit fired up about this, so I'll tee you up for this next topic because I know you're even more fired up about something else. So let me try to set the scene here, and then you can can, um, go off on what you want to say. So after the race, uh, it was a little bit more of an extended press conference. Which I was glad for. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We yeah. we needed it. We were asking questions to Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, and Clint Boyer. They're all up on stage. About five minutes to go, Clint Boyer does this thing where he's you know, putting his head down, you know, looking frustrated that he, he still has to be up there. He's This is typical of him. He, he has sort of the, you know, he likes to joke it's this ADD kind of thing. And um, so then uh, on the last question, or I guess it turned out to be the last question, he just um, – Abruptly. He just got up and left. Yeah. In the middle of the thing, and just like, all right, I'm out. You know, he kind of does this. He 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 acts like it's funny, and he's like, all right, see you guys. You know, whatever. And he just leaves. And and Brad was like, oh, we just lost Clinton. People kind of laugh. Um, I wasn't laughing. You you weren't laughing. So why not? What what did what upset you about Look, that? Look, I, I you know I understand that these drivers have a job to do, and they just got in, out of a hot race car for three and a half hours. But when I'm looking at Brad Keselowski, a champion of this sport, and Denny Hamlin, a a championship contender and a multi-time winner, and driving for one of the most potent organizations in the Monster Energy Cup Series, and I, and you see Clint Boyer, someone who I've known since his ARCA days, man, I I was. Very at one time I was very close friends with Clint Boyer when he drove and, and got his opportunity to come. So I've been there when he was nothing, and to see him walk out of a press conference, I, I took that as mad disrespectful. And I don't think I don't. I'm a most people that know me know I'm an energetic, happy, fun-loving person. But I had just instant anger come over myself because I took it as a, just a disrespect to us who are sitting there who have sat there through the whole day just like they did. We want to go home just like they do. But you can't sit there through a series of questions. Look, Clint Boyer hasn't been in the media center a lot over the last couple of years. We don't get a, an, an awful lot of time to chat with him. And when he comes and runs as good as he did today, and he ran very well today, sit your ass down. I, 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 you shouldn't have to be, you know, it was just rude and disrespectful and obnoxious in my opinion. And I had a couple of people inside the industry text me and ask me what was wrong, and I told them, you know, what I thought was my opinion, and I asked them if they were wrong, and they said, hell no, you ain't wrong. And so I'm Clint Boyer, I feel like owes us an apology. And because, and I don't care if it's your ADD or not. I mean, I have ADD. I mean, we all have issues that goes on, but I still know right from wrong and disrespectful and non-disrespectful. And I think, you know, NASCAR should do something about it. I, I just think it, look, I, we, we understand that our time is valuable, but man, Give us the respect that we deserve because I feel like that all of us in there treat treat those drivers with respect for the most part when they come in there. And I felt like well, what Clint did was totally disrespectful. And I'm getting I'm I'm just pissed off about it. And I feel you know sit your ass down. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess I could see it. You know, I've I've kind of been there before, and I guess I'm just I just feel like I'm sort of used to that from him. 
So it's just sort of like, uh, you know, obviously it's not ideal. But it's the second race of the season, Jeff. Oh, and, and, and we are asking very positive questions. Yes, Why, you know, tell us about how you're doing so well. Yeah, tell us about how Ford is doing so well. Tell us about how SHR is doing so well. It's how about like he's doing so well? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. just come off a, a great run after, you know, I know it was a long day. Look, I get there was a, it was a long day, but it was a long day for us too, and it's still a longer day for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you he's know. He's probably home. Right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But if you're going to be sitting, yeah. if you're like this at the second race of the season, and, and look, I, I, I'll I, be fine when we get to Las Vegas next week, but I ain't going to forget this. But I, I just think, you know, <laughs> I just feel like that there has to be, I respect the drivers until they give me a driver not to be respected. And, and same thing. And if we're going to be nice and courteous and polite and as cordial as we are to them, then I think that they owe it to us to sit there. Even if it's, I mean, even if, if you're not comfortable with it or don't like doing it, there's a lot of things that I don't like doing in my life, but I do it anyways because it's it's expected of me and it's appreciative of me, you know? And I just feel like that, you know, these, these what we're asking for, what NASCAR asked for them isn't too much. And I think it goes back to what Kevin Harvick said in his post-race press conference. You know, many people forget why they're here or what, what they're doing here and what NASCAR is all about. And I think he reminded us of that tonight. Yeah, and it does seem like a new year where people are are talking about that again and Kevin Harvick talking about, hey, we've all forgotten that this is supposed to be fun and enjoyable. And I think especially the veteran guys um, have gotten lost with that. I mean, you obviously wouldn't see a young driver, uh, you know, pull that kind of thing. But um, anyway, let's let's get back to um, the standings before we wrap you, up. Do you agree with what I – do you agree? I agree. I just feel like I'm just – You're not as fired up as I am about it. Because I'm like so, in, I feel like I'm indoctrinated. I'm just so used to it. Like I just, I don't I, have any yeah, expectations. I, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I've already I, spent my anger, I guess, or my emotion. Yeah, on I, that. I guess like, I just, I, you know. I just, I guess maybe because I finally just had enough of it. You know, because yeah. I've been around it a lot too. But yeah. it's the second race of the season, and you're running good, and you had a chance to win the race. Well, what do, what the hell are you gonna do if you win a race? No, are you gonna I, get up in the well, middle of a press conference if yeah, you win a race? He will. He'll, he'll after like 15 minutes, where you know the typical person after a winner's press conference, they might spend a half hour. You know, after 15 minutes, Boyer would say, "All right, you know, I want to go drink some beer." Ah, I'm leaving, and he would just, just leave. But that's just, that's just how they they let him do that, and that's how he's used to they doing it. They shouldn't let him get wrong. Well, we'll get we get away with it. I'm sorry. It's just I, I it's not right. My professional. Opinion. There's a professional obligation, but I don't know that that's really spelled out for them. He I, should know I, better. I don't I don't know that he cares that much. Though. Uh, well, then, then, I mean, then that's, that's sad. The next set, and that goes cares. back. That goes right back to what Kevin Harvick said tonight. I'm sorry. I'm. We can move on because I'm just going to well, get fired up about it. No, it's, it's fine. I just wanted to touch on the point standings really quick. Yeah, yeah. Before we, um, you know, so I was saying Logano um, is P1, Blaney P2, um, Hamlin three, Harvick Hamlin three, uh, Boyer's fifth in the yeah. standings. Um, Austin Dillon. Now let's talk about somebody who's in trouble. Jimmy Johnson. Whoa. 35th in the standings, yeah. looking down here. He is, I believe, the last person in the standings yes. who has done both races. In fact, he is behind DJ Kennington and Mark Thompson in the standings. You pointed mm-hmm. out earlier, he's behind Greg Galding Junior. in the standings by six points. Yeah. And, no, and, seven points. And Matthew Benedetto as well. Yeah. Matthew Benedetto is kicking Jimmy Johnson's butt in the standings. I mean, he he doesn't have to worry, does he, or does he? I no, look, man. I think it's just it's been a rough start to 2018, but 
we all know when push comes to shove, Johnson will find his way out of a hole. Um, I just think, you know, I just think it goes back to that they just didn't have the speed today for whatever reason. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily tell you you can throw your hands at Jimmy Johnson or Chad Canales. It's just, I just look at the organization as a whole. They just weren't good this weekend, and I guess there will be days like that, right, or, or weekends like that. Will um, he win this year? I think he will. I mean, he'll at least win one race. One, you know, it's Jimmy Johnson. You can't – I mean, he, he sneaks up when you least expect him to. But yeah. um, I think, you know, I mentioned this on radio as well this weekend. If they're not running good – and I'm talking about the Hendrick organization as a whole. If they're not running good or at least competitive or, you know, running for top ten finishes by the time we get out of Auto Club Speedway here in a couple weeks, you're going to have to hit that panic button. Because here's the biggest thing that comes out of it, Jeff. Stage points are crucial mm-hmm. right now, and there's crucial stage points that Jimmy, William Byron, and Alex Bowman aren't getting, and when push comes to shove and we get into this playoffs, um, that could be the deciding factor whether they move on or not. Yeah, it's interesting. I you know I was um, hosting a serious show um, in the off season and. It came up that I thought that you know we were making bold predictions. It was yeah. right going. I was into on the it. Year. That's right. That's right. And um, so we we're making bold predictions, and my bold prediction was that that Jimmy wouldn't win any races this year. And everybody's like, "Oh, you're going to stir and um, crap up." But um, I don't know. I just don't feel so great about that team. Uh, we'll see. It's a it's a long way to go. I'm sure they'll probably sneak up and get one. But anyway, so Chris, now it's time to decide or for to, for you to predict. Speaking of bold predictions. What the was it a good race poll will be now this year I'm keeping track of how everybody is doing and I'm two and zero so far because okay. last week I predicted that the Daytona 500 would have 85 percent approval rating and it was actually 84 percent. Jordan Bianchi said 93 percent I think so. Um, you need, you've got to score one for the guests here. Okay. Uh, what is the yes percentage for the was it a good race poll going to be for Atlanta? You're thinking hard. Yeah, I am. 84%. 84%? No, Chris. You you're you really think 84% are going to say that they liked it? You you thought it was that good of a race? Uh, look. Uh, okay, can I get a second stab at it? You you can get a second stab okay. at it, Chris. I just think it's you, – what, you want me to go first? Then yeah, you can you, try yeah, to yeah, prices yeah, right yeah, me yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly think it's going to be pretty bad. Judging by the Twitter reaction – even though it was kind of a, an old school race, I it was an old school race. I I am not saying I didn't enjoy it. I'm trying to predict here. It was Atlanta. Yeah, I don't think that people love Atlanta the same way that the drivers and stuff do. So let's repave it and see what happens. Yeah, well, it would be much worse. But um, I would say honestly, sixty six percent. I'm going to say fifty three. Okay, I'll I'll go a little higher and say sixty six. Okay, sixty six for you. Yeah, fifty three for me. You gave me a little bit of breathing room yeah. here. Um, that's your prediction for the was it a good race poll? Now, Chris, um, we uh, the last couple post race podcasts that I've done this year, I didn't have a, a hashtag, and I, I just figured I don't know if people like you know didn't want to do the hashtags anymore. But then people tweeted me and said, "Hey, where's the hashtag?" So they liked talking about the hashtag. So what 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 hashtag should we do here um that what that would apply to this podcast that people would like to tweet what do you think maybe something about your boyer boyer ranch what do you walk. think night walk like he's walking out and you're mad about yeah, it night hashtag walk. night, night walk. walk okay so that's k n 
I G H T for Chris Knight. Hashtag Nightwalk. Chris, tell us about um, where people can find you and where to find your work. Yeah, so I'm uh, catchwins.com. That's my home for the 2018 season, unless something else changes. And very proud to have been there. It's going on my uh, 19th season and being at catchwins.com. So I didn't realize that. Yeah, so, so I'm excited about that. And uh, I'm on Nighter01 on Twitter. Um, as most of your followers, and you do a great job retweeting a lot of my stuff, and I really appreciate your friendship and everything like that. And I had a lot of fun doing the video with you this weekend. That was a lot of fun. That's right. We, you know, they they filmed um, they filmed Logan Lucky here and at Atlanta. It was supposed to be Charlotte, but yep. they, it was actually Atlanta. So the tunnel here is there's a scene where Seth Seth MacFarlane goes down there, and we reenacted that, and I tweeted it just to be yeah. silly. It but was um, pretty cool, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about time, that. So. <laughs> it was, it was cool. fun. Yeah, it was fun. But, but anyway, so uh, yeah, so you, you have great race updates. Yeah. I really have to say, your your race updates are sort of crucial for me. Like if I'm for some reason not at the track. I'm making sure to pull up your feed in like a separate window, actually. Oh, I appreciate um, that. Just to make sure, because you're, you're sort of like one of these people that's really tweeting out everything that's going on. From the front to the back. Yes, from, yes. From the front. And, and for Xfinity as well and, and trucks. trucks. Yep. So yep. Uh, appreciate your race updates. Um, for the rest of you, appreciate all of you. The next podcast coming up is going to be 12 Questions with Bubba Wallace. That comes out Tuesday. And then Thursday is the next How I Got Here series, and it's with um, – a public relations representative for Richard Childress Racing named Jay Pinnell. You don't know him. You don't know his story, but I think you'll find cool it dude. really interesting. Yeah, he has a really fascinating backstory. So I'm excited for you to hear that on Thursday. And then it's off to Las Vegas Motor Speedway one week from right now when I'm recording this, and I'll find another media member to do a post-race podcast. So thank you, Chris. Yep. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.